Today's daf is Shabbos daf Memtes. We are on Memtes Amadal of the Mishnah, quoting the Mishnah, Bizman Shehin Lachin. So this is four lines from the top of Memtes Amadal. So the Mishnah on Memzayin Amadbe is the beginning of this parak by Matoimnin. And the second part of the Mishnah, the Mishnah differentiated between things that are moist and then things that are dry. That when things are dry, they are don't main, uh, don't increase the heat of the food that they are wrapping around, as opposed to if they are moist, so then that will increase the heat somehow of these items, straw, and other items that are considered things that add heat to the pot. So the Mishnah said is Mashiach and Lachen, when they're moist, you cannot use it, but when they're Yevashin, when they're dry, you could use it. So Lachen Mechamas Atzman. Let's say they're moist, but they're moist on their own. Is that when, is that when we're saying that these things are no good because it has its natural moisture and that would increase the heat. Maybe when we say that these things add heat, it means even if the moisture is not its natural moisture, it got wet from something else, and it's not as intrinsic moisture, still there will be a problem. So we're not sure. So the Gemara says, try to bring a riot. Tashma. It says in the Mishnah, you can't use the straw, these grape skins, moichin is this flocking, some type of wool, and not with grass. And all these things are when they're moist, but when they're dry, you could. So if you want to tell me that the Mishnah is coming to include even things that are more Moist from external uh, moisture that makes sense that all of these things would be wet they could somehow be wet if you pour water on it they'll be wet if you're saying that they're naturally moist we have one problem so straw could be naturally moist grape skins they all make sense however this flocking this wool so how could it be moist on its own? Those things are not are not moist. They're naturally dry. So the Gemara says, It's from the the wool that's in between the thighs of the sheep. There it gets wet from the zea, from the sweat of the animal. So that is its natural moisture. And still, that would be considered moist. So you don't have a raya from there that it's even coming to include external moisture. Maybe the Mishnah is only saying when it has a natural moisture, that makes it too hot. And all these cases could have natural moisture, even the case of wool. And we have another... uh, Rav Yosha said that you could use Dry clothing, dry clothing with perisivation and dry fruit. And you can't use wet fruit or in wet clothing. So if you're convinced, if you're convinced that when the Mishnah means says moist the, the moisture that creates this high heat is only when it's intrinsically moisture, natural moisture. Begadim, clothing has moisture on its own. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. So the Gemara says the same tarots. Mimirta debeni atme from the wool. That's debeni atme between the thighs of the sheep. That is naturally moist. So that would be uh, a natural way of it getting wet. So you don't have any proof either way. If when the Mishnah said moisture, it meant natural moisture, or maybe even when it's external moisture, it gets hot enough. So just by the way, this Gemara ends up becoming a fascinating. A source for a discussion, a contemporary discussion regarding vitamin D3 and other uh, applications. So there's a material called lanolin. So lanolin is this secretion that the the sheep has when it sweats in between its legs. So that lanolin 
could be used in various products. Typically, it's used in cosmetics. So we don't really care too much about the contrast of that, but it could be used in in chewing gum. Additionally, vitamin D3 is made from lanolin. So there are many shilas lahalacha regarding is lanolin kosher. Now, a sheep is kosher, but there's a concept of yotze, kol yotze, anything that comes out of an animal that's not shechted is not kosher. Obviously, we know that milk is fine, but that's based on Xeris HaKasav, Eretz Chalavudvash. So, there was a discussion regarding lanolin. So Rabalski Zetzal, he has a he has a chuva on this, written in the Sora Journal, and it's written in his Sefer Shulchan Alevi. So one of the sources he brings is this Gemara. Fascinating how he brought a Gemara in Shabbos that discusses doing hatmana with these with these uh, with land, with this wool. How could you have done hatmana with the wool? Wouldn't there be a problem of bleos from the zea of the wool surrounding your pot? So obviously there, there's no issue with it. So that was his uh, his raya. Again, he had. A, a, a longer discussion than that, but fascinating how he saw in Masechta Shabbos vitamin D3. Okay, it's not the Mishnah. Time to make so Paris, you can use clothing and Paris to insulate your your uh, pot. You can use Kanfayona, which is the uh, feather of a dove, or uh, carpenters, they have Benesaris Shacharoshim, the carpenter's dust, the sawdust, or Benesaris Shalpishtandaka. You have this uh, fine flax. Uh, bundles, those things you could use for hatmana before Shabbos because they will not increase the heat. Rabbi Huda Oyser Bedaka Umata Bergasa. So Rabbi Huda differentiates between the uh, thin ones and the coarse ones, the thick ones. Something about Amr Abyane. Tfilin. Halach is by Tfilin. Srichen Gufnaki Kelisha Balkanafayim. When you wear it, you have to have a Gufnaki. You have to clean, have a clean body like Elisha Balkanafayim. And by the way, based on this, Number one is that for many years already, most of Klai we do not wear tefillin outside of Shachris because we cannot keep a Gufnaki and a, uh, you know, a Reishnaki. So that's Aleph Bays. It's quoted in the Paiskim as well that, the, that women do not wear tefillin because they also cannot keep a Gufnaki. But let's just see the Gemara. The Gemara says, Mahi, what is this? What is meant by a Gufnaki? So Abaya Amar Shalaya Fiyachbehen, person should not pass gas while he is wearing tefillin. Rava Amar Shalaya Behen, you should not fall asleep in them. And that's why we don't put on tefillin by night based on this. So many halachos, but we'll get to this in Mesechtas Menachas in Ritzashem. So the Gemara just says, Vamai Karli Balkanafayim. Now, by the way, why are we bringing this Gemara? Because we just mentioned this concept of Kanfayoyna. So that's so the Gemara asks, Vamai Karli Balkanafayim. Why was uh, Elisha called Elisha Balkanafayim? So the Gemara says, Shepam Achas, Gazer Machos, Remi Harshag, Zero Yisrael. Once happened that the uh, the Roman kingdom, they had a Gazera uh, against Klai, so anyone who puts on the phone, they'll uh, make a hole in his brain. And uh, not a good uh, sentencing. Elisha would go out in the marketplace, he would wear tefillin. So many Rishonim are bothered by that. So how could he do that? Isn't that a problem of putting yourself into Sakana? So if it's a Sakana, you're putter from mitzvahs. So many of the Rishonim get into Shas Hashmad. Maybe that's different. I just saw a, a fascinating tshuva from Rav Asher Weiss Shlita to a city, a town in France. They, um, the, the health department was not allowing them to do bris milah because of uh, coronavirus. So they asked Rav Usher, can they, should they do it? But Sina, you know, they started invoking this concept of Shasa Shmad. We do things and put ourselves at risk. And Rav Usher, Rav Usher Weiss responded that you have to stop calling this a gzera. There's no gzera here. It's for our tayelas that we're being mocked, we're being uh, 
extra careful regarding our health. And therefore, don't do the bris right away. You wait a few weeks and you do the bris then. Fascinating uh, psak, but he kept reiterating that this is not a xera. This is a takana. This is a um, this is a uh, a community. It's it's for the community benefit, and stop calling it exera against religion. So that's just a very interesting uh, psak, and hopefully these things will be in the archive somewhere, but we could get back to uh, to our typical you know from life. So as the sham. Okay. So what happened was Elisha. He was still wearing his tilim v'yotzelashuk. Ra'u kaster echad. So a certain officer saw him. Rats mipanav. So Elisha tried to run away. Rats achrav. He chased him. He came and she gets lined. He told him Rishon. the So as soon as this officer, this uh, soldier, reaches him, Elisha took off his phone. He held him in his hand. Amalei mazab yadecha. What is in your hand? So Amalei kanfeyona. I'm holding the wings of a dove. Kanfeyona. Pasher es yadav inimtsu kanfeyona. In fact, indeed. They were kind of famous. Lafikach karin oisay Elisha balkanafayim. That's why he got this name Elisha balkanafayim. Umay shno kanfeyona mishar oifos. Why is kanfeyona different than other birds? Why specifically kanfeyona? Mishum de imsel kinesis yisrael liyona. That klai yisrael is compared to a yona. Shnemar kanfeyona nech bebekesef. My yona kanafayimani megina selahad. The same way a yona, a dove, the wings protect it. So too, Av Yisrael mitzvahs maginas alein. So mitzvahs protect us, and he was protected through the performance of mitzvahs. Now, it, the Rishonim are bothered by this. Is a person allowed to put himself in sakana and say Tyra maginas, uh, you know, a lie, or mitzvah maginas lie? Usually, no. But still, there is a concept of mitzvah mitzvahs maginas alein, and obviously, a person has to be uh, be responsible. So you look at the Rishonim and try to figure out what a person is allowed to do. Bishasa Shmadam rely on mitzvah maginos, but typically one is not allowed to do that and say, Oh, Tyro will protect me and I'm not going to uh, I don't know, I'm not going to vaccinate, I'm not going to to uh, take medicine. Tyra Tyra protects. You can't do that. One is not allowed to do that. Look at the Rishinim on this Gemara and other Gemaras throughout Shas. Just by the way, when the based on this concept of Tfilin and Yaina, so some of the uh can bring down that when one wraps tfilin, you want to wrap up your tfilin in a way that are that appear like a yoyna, like like wings coming out of the tefillin. So that's one of the, um, uh, you know, makayras for how we wrap our tefillin um, when we put them away based on this concept of kanfayana. So that was, now why did this Gemara bring it in? Because it wanted us to know, obviously, but also because we mentioned this concept of kanfayana in the Mishnah. So a Gemara goes with that as well. Next, the Mishnah said, Benesarei with the carpenter's sawdust, and then it got into this... Uh, other other uh, gemaras there. Other other cases in that Mishnah. The Mishnah spoke about carpenter sawdust and ben arish shalpishin daka and fine flax combings. So they asked the following shaila. Rabbi Huda and the shacharashin because Rabbi Huda said he was mechalik between the fine ones and the coarse ones. So what was he talking about? Was he talking about Anasari Shacharashan, the first halacha of the carpenter sawdust, and he was being mechalik between the thin ones and the thick ones, the fine ones and the coarse ones, or? And the Irish Pishnah card. It was talking about the flax combing. So Tashma, the Tanya, Buddha, I mean, Irish Pishnah, Daka, Rio, Kazevo, that the Irish Pishnah, Daka are like Zeva, like manure. And we know from the beginning of Amet Hoimnin that one cannot use Zevo. That's the second line of that Mishnah. On Mem Zayan Amad Bez, you cannot use Zevo for. Hatmana because it increases the heat. So you see from here he's talking about an Irish Pishnah, Shmamina, Taka, we have a riot from here. Zok the next, next Mishnah. You can use animal hides for hatamana, and you can actually move them on Shabbos. Seemingly, that there is no, uh, there is no, 
problem of muksa because you set it aside to use it on Shabbos. However, begizit hammer with wool things, wool shearings, and you cannot move it on Shabbos. Okay? Now, why would you think you cannot move these things on Shabbos? So, typically, there's a concept that something is set aside to be used to make something, to make to take wool and make it into thread, to take hides and make it into uh, leather jackets or whatever you're using it for. So, there should be a concept of muktzah, either kalisha malachtel iser, if it's actually a keli. In this case, it wouldn't be a keli. It would be muktzah machmas chesarin kis. That merchandise is typically muktzah machmas chesarin kis. You don't want to move it around because it might break. It is set aside, designated, for further processing, so it's typically muktzah machmas chasarikis. So now, the Mishnah said that semer, that wool, would be a problem of muktzah. Even if you're doing hatmanam, it would be a problem of muktzah. So just one of your side, before we get into the Gemara, again, this is not halacha lamaisa, there are more details involved. We have to learn a few more sugyas and shas, but there's a, we differentiate between, let's say a person has something that's intrinsically muktzah, a rock, or a stone, uh, you know, a brick something that's in- intrinsically muksa, and the person wants to use it to hold down a tablecloth or to prop open a door. So it depends on if it's typically or if it's normal to use it for that. So then we're more makele, we say, as long as you set it aside for one Shabbos, that's fine, as opposed to something that it's odd to be using that for a heter use on Shabbos, even though you now decided I want to use this, you know, Friday afternoon you say I want to use this to prop open my door, we're, we say you have to say that this is going to be forever, Sort of like being mafkarit, saying that this thing I no longer consider chashuv. I'm always going to use this to prop open my door. So one could easily differentiate between the shlachim. Maybe it was normal to to be busy with your hides and use it to cover your pots, as opposed to the wool. Maybe it was a little more expensive, and they would they would always be using it to make threads. So just by putting it on top of your pot for hatmana, would not say that this is no longer muksa. So now we have a problem. Once it's not once it's muksa and it's surrounding my pot, how exactly can I, can I, uh, what do you call it, how exactly can I access my pot on Shabbos? So, the Mishnah says, Kate said, who I say, so how do you uh, deal with this, uh, how do you deal with this wool, that's muksa? So, so you, t- you open the lid, and they fall off on their own. So there's a concept of either nay or of shaking something off, or tiltum and atzad. Some you're invoking some type of hetter of transporting muksa, of handling muksa because I'm not actually taking it with my hands. I'm picking up the cover of the pot, and these things will fall on its own. Rabbi Lazar and Azayim are kupa. If it's a uh, you, you, you take the entire box, and mata al you you tilt it on the side vinoitel, and you take the food. However. If you would take away the entire pot, if you took away the, if you picked up the entire pot, so the wool would just fall in to the uh, to the hole that you made. So imagine you have a pot in a box. So in between the pot and the box is this wool, is a pieces of wool. That wool is insulating the pot. Once I once I take out the pot, all the wool will fall into that hole that I just made. So what? How am I going to put my pot back in to keep doing hatmana? So. What you should do is, you should just tilt it, because because if you remove the pot, then you won't be able to put it back. Okay? No, you can take it and put it back. It will not be a problem. Um, as long as the there's still a hole there, it will not be a problem. So we're going to see later on what exactly the machlekes is. Rabbi Lozab and Azariah and the Chachamim, is it a machlekes on a din lechatchila? 
is it based on Xera? So we'll see when we get to that Gemara. Yosef Rabbi Yonison ben Achinoi, Rabbi Yonison ben Alazar, the Yosef Rabbi Chinina, Barchama Gabayev, Kami Boyelu, they asked the following Shiloh. Shlachan Shabal Bayez Tanan, when we say that the hides, the skin of the animal, is not muksa, and you can use it for atmana, and it's also not muksa, you're allowed to move it on Shabbos, we're referring to someone who has animal skin in their home, shlach and shabal you actually see that people today, they um, I have a relative, that they have a their rug for the living room is a piece of hide from a cow. So uh, they're not uh, vegan lovers, but but people actually use it. So you have shlach and shabal is that what we're referring to? That only Shlach and Shabbal Abayas, we say that the heart is not Muksa? Avol. However, Shaluman, if this was from the tannery, since they're makbar on it, this is uh, this is their schayra, this is their business. They're not using it to cover pots on Shabbos, to cover chalant. So this is how they, this is their their uh, their parnasa. So they're not going to be moving it around on, on Shabbos. So it will be Muksa. I don't know. Even Shaluman, even someone is in the tanning business, still his the the uh, hides are not muksa. The kolshkein shabalabais, and for sure, a homeowner that has these uh, these skins, for sure, it would not be muksa. So that was the shaila that they asked. So when the rabbi yonasim and alazar mistaver shabalabais nan, it makes sense that if we're only talking about a balabais, then it's not muksa. Ava shel uman, but a uman kapralayu, he'd be makpid on it. He wouldn't allow you to use his merchandise for covering chalant. On Friday, so I'm a little rabbi. Nobody chama kacham rabbi Shmuel Rabbi This is why Shmuel Rabbi Yosi said, "Abba shalacha hava." Our father Rabbi Yosi was a tanner, so he definitely worked. He had a job, and he was someone that would process skins. Vaman, he would tell us on Shabbos or on Friday, "Have view shalachin v'neishavalein." Bring out the heart, and this is on Shabbos actually. Bring it out, and we'll sit on them. So you see, he wasn't makpid on using his his uh, his iris, his hides, for the use on Shabbos, and therefore. Don't necessarily assume that a uman would be makbid. Our father Rabbi Yossi was never makbid. So Mesvei Nesaron Shabalabais Metaltonis. And let's say wooden boards of a balabais. A homeowner owns his boards. Metaltonis, and you can move it, even though typically they use for construction. Still, you can move it on Shabbos. Let's say you want to serve uh, your meat board or your uh, your bread board on it. Still, you can move it. Shall uman in metaltonis, and one cannot. Uh, move around the board of an uman. But let's say you had machshava initially to serve bread to guests on Shabbos. So benkach u benkach Either way, you could be metalto this board. So let's say a person owns a lot of boards, but he is having a lot of company and he wants to serve meat on these boards. So as long as before Shabbos he was chishvalein. All you have to do is have machshav. Again, the person discuss how much do you have to do to change the status of a typically uh, a muk, uh, item that's typically muk. So just machshav works. So these are the sugyas that we have to consider. So here it sounds like all I need to do, since it's typical, it's normal to use a board to serve bread. So as long as I, as long as I had machshav before Shabbos, I'd be allowed to use it. So what do you see from here? We see that typically, if you didn't have machshav. Uh, the Uman's board would in fact be Muksa. So what's going on? So the Shani Nasarim the Kapitalayu. No, maybe Nasarim are different. Typically people are Makbit on Nasarim. So therefore it would typically be Muksa. This person needed a machshava. So he had a machshava, that's why he could use it. But maybe Nasarim are more Muksa than Iris. So Tashma, we have another Raya. Iris Bainavudin. Iris you have uh these these hides, Bainavudin, Bain Shinavudin, Mutalatam Shavas, whether they're Finished processing, they're tanned or not tanned. Mutulatatlan b'Shabbos, 
you're allowed to move it on Shabbos. This whole distinction between being processed versus not processed yet only comes up in Hilchas Tumah if it's considered a keli at that point. So if it's not processed, it's not called a keli. So my love, this mission is saying the only difference between, uh, what do you call it, between un- unfinished and finished is regarding Tumah. But it doesn't mention any distinction between Balabais and Uman. And you could have said that by Shabbos. So why is there no distinction? It must be, my love must be Loishna. There's no difference. Shabalabais for Loishna Shaluman. We don't care. And therefore, our Mishnah, which said it could use this Shlachen, this Bison said it could use the Shlachen, would even be referring to the Shlachen of a Balabais. Like Mar says, Loishna Shabalabais. It was only, we're, we're only talking about Shabalabais. So what? Avo Shaluman Mai? So what halacha be by an Uman? A Metatlan? That you cannot be Metatl the, 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 the uh, skin of an Uman. However, this is true if this was a fact that we differentiate between the the hides of a Uman and the hides of a Balabayas, so then the Brysa doesn't make any sense. So why, when the Brysa comes to tell me that we only dis- make distinctions, that's regarding Tumavat Tahara by Avudin versus non avudin So why at that point, lift like listening but you should have just said, this whole discussion is Bishal Balabayas. That whole discussion that you can move it to that's by Balabayas. Ava Bishal Uman Lai. So it must be that we don't differentiate between Uman and Balabayas. So Gemara says, no, Kula Balabayas Kamaira. The entire Bryce is only, the, the Hanacha is, the introduction to this Bryce is, we are only discussing a, a, uh, Irish Balabayas. We're only discussing Irish Balabayas. Now, in Irish Balabayas, Balabayas is, uh, the, the skin that they have, the iris, the hides that they have. In that discussion, we differentiate regarding Tumavatahara if it's finished or if it's unfinished yet. But we're not discussing the concept of Oiris Shell Uman. And like Mark says, Kitana, we actually have Machlekes. Oiris Shabalabayas, Metatlanason. The Tanakama holds Oiris Shabalabayas, Metatlanason, Michelle Uman, and Metatlanason. He differentiates between Uman Balabayas, uh, Uman versus Balabayas. And a Balabayas is not Muksa, but the Oiris of Uman is Muksa. Either one could be moved. No problem, so he does not differentiate, and therefore we have a machlekes tanam, and we do not know which is the tana of our brisa, but it could go either way. How do Yasvi become a So again, they were sitting, and they asked the following shaila. How did now we went to the mishnah? Avos melachos arbam chasarachas. The avos melachos we know. Lama test melachos, right? The baruch chait book, thirty-nine melachos. Connecting me, where does the thirty-nine melachos come from? Doesn't say anywhere in the Torah thirty-nine melachos. Where exactly did we get this from? So I'm a little rabchina barchama. Connecting avoides hamishkan. If you count all the avoides in the Mishkan, the construction work that was done for the Mishkan, you'll come up with 39 Malachas. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it's not nothing to do with 39 Malachas in the Mishkan. There are 39 times it mentions the word work in the Tyra. So that's how you have 39. So Bar Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef has the following Shiloh. I found another one. It says, That the Pasuk says by Yosef that he went into the house to do his work. So we're going to see there's two ways to understand this Pasuk. Either it meant literally to do his work or it meant a euphemism for Tashmish with 
Eishas Partifar. So the Gemara says like this: Barav Yosef, This word Malacha isn't Miminyanu. Who I lie? Is it counted as one of the thirty-nine times that it says Malacha in Shabbos in the Torah, or no? So the Gemara says like this. Let's take on a sefer Torah account. What type of question is that? Is it counted? Let's figure out. That when they originally said this, they would, they would, they actually took out a sefer Torah and they counted. So he said, when we were bringing the the donations to the Mishkan, the pasuk says, and the work was enough. So is that counted or not? Maybe it's from, maybe that was counted. And if that's counted, then the Pasuk by Yosef would not be counted. And what would it be? What would the Malacha be by Yosef at Tzadik when it says, uh, when it says, And that Pasuk is commanded, He went to do Tashmish. He wasn't going for the right intentions. He was literally going to do Tashmish Hamita. And the Pasuk is using a Lashenaki of Malacha. I don't know. Going into the house that was literally going baisa into the house, the malachta, to do his work. He worked in the house. That's what he was doing. And that's Miminyanu. And that, that Pusik is talking about malacha. So that's the Pusik. Malacha is work. So that could be counted as one of the 39. So what are we going to do with the Pusik of What about that Pusik? The work was done, meaning they weren't actually working. It just meant they finished the job. So that would not be called malacha. And we wouldn't count that as the 39. So we're not sure. Teku. And we leave it at that. We're not sure how we figure out the counting of the 39. So if you look at Rashi, Rashi goes through all these uh, different, uh, you know, limudim of how we got the malacha, different uh, things, uh, how we figured out all these uh, all these words. Fine. Tanya, command armor, connected with this Mishkan. Bryce that teaches us it's connected with this Mishkan, the Tanya. One is not chayav on Shabbos unless you did something a malacha that they had something similar in the Mishkan. Hamzaru they planted. Vatem you don't plant. Him katsu they did katsira they cut. They harvested. Atem don't harvest. Him helu as a crushim they carry the crushim from the kaka which is rishus rabim to the agala to rishus yachin. Vatem loytachnisu mishus rabim rishus yachin you should not carry from rishus rabim rishus yachin. Him aridu as a crushim meagala kaka going down from rishus hayachin to rishus rabim. Vatem loytetziu mishus yachin rishus rabim don't carry. From they were transferred from one wagon to another wagon. Now you're going to ask what the problem is. Well, hold on. What's the issue of transferring from It has to be So we had this way back in the beginning of this Masechta. This, uh, we'll have it again in Parak HaZoyrik. And there's an isra of hashata, of literally handing something over. So let's say you're standing on a porch, and someone else is standing on a porch, uh, and it's over Rishos to pass from Rishos to Rishos uh, over Rishos That would be one of the uh, malachas of Hatzah, and we'll see exactly the different details of when this applies, either it's crossing a street or... When you're parallel to the streets, that's all found in Parakazarik, but that is part of this malacha. 
learned out from transferring from Agala to Agala, transferring from wagon to wagon. Each wagon was a Rishosiachet, as we mentioned many times. Rishosiachet is defined by Mechitzais, not defined by, you know, who owns the property. And if you have a wagon that's 10 Tvachim by 10 Tvachim, that is considered a Rishosiachet. So, Mirz Hashem, as we see, so this proof, just to finish the Gemara, the proof was that the Lamatas Malachas are learned out from the Mishkan. This is a a Bryce that proves that. So we'll continue this discussion regarding Atmana tomorrow, Mirza Shem, as we continue Mesechta Shabbos in the Parak by Matt